the month of February. I love what we're going to be preaching the next five weeks so much that it was actually a four-week series that I planned and realized that today is the 31st and not the first Sunday of February that I added a fifth sermon to this series because I love what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be in this title uh, that's love worth fighting for. And I thought it was appropriate because we're in the, uh, the, the Valentine's time and, and all that mushy-gushy stuff. And I thought this series would be helpful uh, as we talk about love uh, for the month of February and also today at the end of January. And I hope uh, that this series will, will change our perspective on maybe our marriage. Uh, if you're married, you can look at your spouse right now and just tell them that you love them, um, and, and, and we, won't, we won't laugh at you or anything. Uh, maybe this will uh, change your perspective on your children uh, and, and your families. Um, because I believe that we need to talk about the family and the church. I, I believe that we need to uh, talk about our, our children and talk about our spouse and, and our marriage. And just maybe uh, this series will change our perspective on how we see Jesus and asking ourselves, do we really love him? Do we really love him? And, and maybe who he wants to be in, in our life. So many times we want others to love us, but deep down, we don't even love ourselves. Did you know that? And so often we, we, we uh, desire other people's love so much that if we really asked ourselves deeply, are we even happy with who we are? When you look into that mirror as you're getting ready uh, during the week, and some of you do that, I do it every day, and I look at myself, man, I get uglier every day, and uh, my hair's getting thinner. And, and, and maybe I'm getting a little wider, um, but, but that's okay too. That means I'm in a healthy marriage, right? Uh, if you're gaining weight, men, you're in a healthy marriage. That's what I've always been told. Uh, but as we, as we look at that question, I don't want to get too far into that today because that's going to be our topic next week. But my question to you today is, do you really love yourself? Do you really love yourself? It, it is hard for you to love others when we can't love who we are. I, I've been down that road before. I had a hard time loving who I was. I knew I was, I was messed up. I was dirty. I'd look in the mirror each morning and just say, man, I'm filthy. Uh, it wasn't necessarily my image, but it was how dirty I had become, and I knew that I needed a change in my life. And that's when God was working on my life for ministry. That's when uh, God was working in my life in other areas. And, it, and it, I just ask myself over and over again, am I happy with who I am. And I'll and I tell you what, it wasn't anybody else that was going to change me. Because so often, we run to somebody else. We run to a counselor. We run to a best friend. We run to a family member. When it's really us that decides that. And so I made up my mind one day that I was going to be a new man. That I was just going to change. That I was going to turn away. That I was going to seek God's face. And then whatever happened, I said, I said this, God, I'll blame it on you if it goes wrong. Anybody ever done that before? It doesn't go well, okay? And, and, and I remember doing that, and, and God just said, you don't trust me, do you? And then he asked me a really simple question that we can find in the Gospel of John that we're going to be looking at today. And he looks at Peter, and he looked at me, and he said the same thing. He says, do you really love me? Do you really love me? Because if you really love me, then you'll trust me with everything that's going on in your life right now. I know your life is in shambles. Look, I orchestrated all that to get you to where you are today. And I remember looking on that about 10 years ago, and I'll tell you, I just bawled. I bawled like a baby. 
And I got into my car to go to work. I didn't want to go to work, and I bawled all the way to work. I show up at work, and they're like, what is wrong with you? I was like, I've had a moment. Leave me alone. You know, I went on and did my job. And the whole entire day, I remember, it's engraved in my mind still, and he said, do you love me? And if you love me, then you've got to trust me with everything that's going on in your life because I promise you I will make a way for you. Remember that? God said that to Moses, right? I'll, make, I'll prepare a way. I'll make a way. He probably said it to many others throughout Scripture, and I'm sure that that's something that can be engraved in our mind for years and years to come. But if you've ever had that do you really love me moment in your life, you know what I'm talking about. The moment where he just gets a hold of your heart and he says, do you love me? And if you do, this is what I want you to do today. No, it's all about loving ourselves and it's all about a love that is worth fighting for jesus knows just what we need he knows what we need to become and he just wants us to achieve that now he wants us to be able to overcome all that comes our way and so as we look at the next five weeks we're going to be talking about loving jesus today talk about loving self next week in week three, we'll talk about loving our marriage. Don't, don't pick out what weeks you're going to come and what weeks you're not. Just plan on being here all five weeks. I shouldn't tell you these things. Loving our family in week four, and then loving the church. And so we're going to go through all of these things over the next five weeks, and we're going to see how high Jesus is on our priority list. But today, as we focus on loving Jesus, this is the first and foremost for our life. And so I ask you this question. Do I love the church more than I love Jesus? And the lost. Ask yourself, do, do I love, and it's okay, you know, do I love Cross Life Church? Do I love the church more than I love Jesus and the lost? You know, we, we should love the church, don't get me wrong. We, we should love the building that we're in. Uh, God, God, God has just paved the way for that. Praise the Lord for that. We are the church. I understand that the church is the bride of Christ. Jesus loves his bride, and he gave his life for it, and it's returning at some point to take his bride home to the Father. And so I'm not saying don't love the church. Don't get me wrong today. Okay, here's the extent of this question. Do I love this church? Do I love this fellowship? Do I love the programs and the processes of Cross Life more than I love Jesus and lost people? Because listen, the number one priority for Cross Life Church is to reach the lost. That is the number one priority. The number one priority is to see salvation take place. If salvation doesn't take place for five years, then we haven't done a very good job. Hey, and so I want us to think about that. Is it more important to maintain things, to maintain a building, or are there other things that are more important to fulfill our mission, like loving Jesus first? We're going to a passage today where Jesus is going to say to Peter, if you are, or if you truly love me, you have to love my sheep as well. You know, if Jesus wore the t-shirts, he might have been wearing one that said, love me, love my sheep. That would be a modern day t-shirt for Jesus. Love me, love my sheep. Okay? To Jesus, loving him meant loving what was most important to him. Turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter number 21, and we're going to be looking at verses 15 through 17 today. Gospel of John, chapter number 21, verses 15 through 17. I just had a moment. I didn't put those verses in there, did I? You got it? Okay. I'll give you a second to pull those up. Um, John chapter 21, verses 15 uh, through 
17. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture because I believe in this passage. Jesus restores Peter in this moment. And, uh, and it's the same moment I had about 10 years ago where Jesus restored me uh, for ministry. And he says, look, I'm not done with you. I'm not done with your life. Trust me on this. And so I want to read this to you. John, uh, John chapter 21, looking at verses 15 through 17. This is what the Bible says. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And so he said to him, feed my lambs. And he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him once again, tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? For Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. God, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the opportunity just to worship. God, as I'm, I'm reminded today in John chapter 21, as we look at this passage and, and, and Jesus is looking at Peter and he's asking a very simple question. It's a question that all of us should ask ourselves today. Lord, do, do we love you? And Lord, as we, as we look at this uh, time that we're living in and we, and we look at uh, the scripture that, that you have pressed upon our heart today to, to go over, Lord, I pray that, that this will resonate with us. Lord, it's a love that is worth fighting for. And we live in a time, in, in a world today where we need to be loving Jesus more than anything else. So Lord, be with us right now. God, let us hear from you. God, let us apply this to our heart. And God, at the end of the day, we give you praise and glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, so I used to do this at, at youth camps and, and, and youth revivals when, when I would be uh, able to come speak. And, and, and typically, uh, during that service, we would do something like this. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? Have you ever done that before? We're going to do that this morning. Is that all right? We're going to do that this morning. We're going to see how much we love Jesus. Okay? And so get, get your voices on because we're about to see how much we truly love Jesus. And so when I say I love Jesus, yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? You're going to say it. And we're just going to echo back and forth. Okay? Can we do that? Just for a moment. We're just going to have some fun. We're going to loosen up a little bit. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? Oh, we got to get some pep in our step. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? Now, if we just did that over and over and over again in this community and we got louder and louder and louder, do you think we could make some noise with that? If we went outside today and we said that, I mean, it's pouring down rain today, or I might would send you outside to do it. Uh, uh, man, it's raining outside. Uh, but, but, you know, if we did that out there in the community, after five or six times, somebody would be like, what is going on at that church? You know, why are they saying they love Jesus so much? And really, you know, it's something that we should have in our life every single day, is it, is it not? 
You know, when we hit, when our feet hit the floor in the morning time, we should simply be saying, Jesus, I love you. I'm going to do whatever I can for you today, and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to win a soul for Jesus. But a lot of us, what we do, we sit in our bed and we say, I don't want to get up today. I don't want to get a shower today. I'm not even going to brush my teeth today. I'm just going to go and do my thing, and I'm not going to worry about speaking Jesus. I'm not going to worry about giving out those invite cards that the pastor keeps pestering me about, and I'm just going to go live my life. And let me tell you, when we have the mindset of something like, I know some of you don't have the mindset. Maybe somebody does here, but, but if, we, if we have a different mindset when we go out, that we're going to come in contact with somebody that doesn't know Jesus, how would that change their perspective when we wake up? Listen, if you led somebody to Jesus today, would you not get up tomorrow morning energized? Would that not energize you? I tell you what, when somebody gets saved through my preaching or or through my teaching or through me talking to them, I tell you, I can't go to sleep that night. I can't go to sleep now. If it's Saturday night, you better bet at 2 a.m. I'm still tossing and turning because I am ready because this is like Super Bowl Sunday for me every single week. I love preaching. I love teaching. I love seeing you. And so every Saturday night, I get excited about going to church. Now this morning, it was easy just to lay in bed for an extra five minutes because it was still dark at 7 o'clock this morning. Hey, like I was taking a shower in the dark. I don't turn the lights on until after I take a shower. That's just something about me. And so if it's dark, I'm taking a shower in the dark. That's just who I am. And so this morning, it was pitch black dark while I was taking a shower. I don't like lights in the morning. Sorry. You can judge me if you want to. Uh, But we need to be so excited about what Jesus wants to do, not only through our life, but through the church as well. And so can you say this morning that you come to church and you love Jesus with everything that you've got? And that's so, the church, we have one. We have one. That's our first step this morning in a series of messages. If we don't love Jesus first, then we can forget the next four weeks. Because it's all about lining up the priorities in our life. You can forget the marriage if you don't put Jesus first. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Look, sometimes things just get in the way, and then I have to be reminded, Jesus, you are first. God, you are orchestrating my marriage. When I said my vows, I promised my wife just that. I promised that I would put Jesus first in our marriage. You can forget the finances if you don't give it your best. Sometimes our finances can get out of whack, and we can, we can easily look at a checkbook and tell where our priorities line up, can we not? If you're going to be in the finance class next week, we'll talk about that. We can talk about the priorities. You can forget the family. If Jesus isn't in first place, there will be things that get in the way of the family. There will be things that get in the way of the marriage. And honestly, there'll be things that get in the way of you coming to the local church to worship. I want to show you a diagram this morning that is, that is so true. And, well, it didn't blow up as big as I thought. I look back, okay, it's better up here. Um, but but this, is how, this is how our life should line up, church. Now, I've, I've shared this with a few church members and even deacons throughout my ministry, and they, they didn't agree with this all the way. They thought that the church should be above my family. They, they, they thought that uh, the career that I chose should be above my family. And, and, and I'll tell you, my family comes first. And so, so this diagram is how God designed it for us. God, 
Family, church, career, recreation, you fill in the blank. Whatever you want to put underneath that. But so often our priorities get out of whack that we forget who's first in our life. Now listen, I don't ever want you to put Cross Life Church above your family. You've heard it from me, don't do it. If you, if you haven't been on a date with your spouse for six months and we have an event going on on Saturday night and you say, Pastor, I need to spend time with my wife, I'll say, you're excused. I promise you. Now, don't do it all the time. <laughs> we'll, give, we'll give you a free pass every now and then. <laughs> but I'm serious. The family has to come first. And there's been times in my ministry where I have sometimes put the church above my family. My wife will call me out on it in a heartbeat. She may not speak a lot, but she's, she's a fireball, guys. And she'll tell you if I'm not putting things in the right order. I remember there was a, a strand in, in my life that when we were uh, pastoring our last church, for about 17 days straight, I either had a meeting, I had a hospital visit, I had something going on. And finally, about the 15th day, she says, are you going to be home today? And you know you're in trouble when your wife looks at you and says, are you going to be home? Some of you know what I'm talking about. you got to get the priorities right. And if you get the priorities right, then the rest falls into place. It's like I tell our, my baseball team, and I, I, try, I, can't, I can't preach Jesus to them, but I tell them my priorities. God, family, and then in their place, school, baseball. And I tell them, you know, if your grades aren't in order, and you can forget the baseball. And so I have to be very careful how I say that, but they know God's first. They know my family's second. Their school, and in my, in my case, it would be the church, and then baseball. I've been helping a team at North Hills Christian for about the last three weeks or so, just helping them with practices. and um, it's, a different, it's a different breed when you... I uh, get to go in and talk to Jesus with kids uh, like we do at the Christian school. But seeing these kids hungry, knowing what their priorities are, you can tell that God's first in their life, a lot of those kids. And you, they love the game of baseball. But I asked them yesterday, I said, would you rather have Bible study or play baseball? And one of them said Bible study. <laughs> you don't get that a lot from teenagers these days. I encourage you. Get involved with studying the God's Word. Because I tell you, when, the more you do it, the easier it is to love Jesus. If we're going to live a life that is worth fighting for, our first love has to be no other than Christ. After this, we focus on our family, we focus on church, we focus on career, we focus on the activities. Listen to me. If you don't get anything else from the message today, understand that Jesus Christ, if He's not first in your life, you will always be going through what you think is a whirlwind and wondering why the world keeps crashing down in front of you. Am I telling you that life is going to be perfect if you put God first? No. No. Don't Hear me out. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be days that are just going to be hard. There's going to be times where you just uh, feel Satan uh, attacking you every, every which way. But if we put God first, life tends to be so much smoother. It tends to be so much easier. And when decisions are made, we have to ask God for the direction. So we come here uh, in John chapter 21, 
and those three verses. And Jesus is asking Peter just a very simple, appropriate, serious question. And not only that, but he's asking Peter a question where he's seeking the heart and seeking truth. And he asks Peter this, do you love me? Do you love me? First, let me, let me point out this morning, this was just a casual conversation taking place after a breakfast. They probably just had been in our day, they probably cooked eggs and bacon and pancakes. I don't know what they would have cooked back then, but that's my kind of breakfast if I'm going to eat breakfast. And Jesus had already been crucified at this point, and he had already risen from the grave at this point. He had returned to them. He did something that he told them was going to happen. And Peter, you've got to remember, you've got to backtrack a little bit in the story. What did Peter do as Jesus was about to be crucified? He denied him three times. Peter was beating himself up. I can't imagine the shame and the guilt that Peter must have had during that time as he was just walking around with this feeling of guilt in his life. And some of you may have done that before. Some of you may have walked around with some guilt before. You know how he's feeling. And as he's walking around with all of this shame, with all of this guilt, Jesus appears to him. The man that, that honestly, a lot of the disciples didn't really know if they'd ever see again. You know, I'm sure after Jesus was crucified and that he died, as they were walking back to their camp or wherever they were at, maybe back to their homes, they were feeling a little empty. And they're like, you know, he told us that he was going to raise from the dead, but I, I just don't know. Okay, and that's Peter's situation here. And so Peter didn't really know what was going on, but Jesus appears. And I probably could see the excitement in Peter's face at that point. And then Jesus says, hey, let's go for a talk. Uh-oh. No, got to go for a talk. And as Jesus is talking to Peter, he's like, look, I, I need you. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you for my glory, but this is what I've got to ask you. How much do you love me? How much do you really love me? Jesus was going to use this opportunity to lift up Peter. And it was almost like it was a time where this new leader was going to be groomed for something. And we know what happened with Peter if you read the book of Acts. Peter was used mightily by God. And so he says, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Really quick this morning. Jesus' love can be seen through three ways today. Number one is this, our relationship with Him. Our relationship with Him. Our relationship with Jesus is so important. In John chapter 10, verse 3, the Bible says, To Him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear His voice. And He calls His own sheep by my name and leads them out. He knows His people by name, church. And, and, and our relationship means so much to Him. He's a compassionate God. He is a God who searches out the best. And He's a God who will carry us through the valleys. He'll bring us on top of the mountains. And He'll be one to carry the burdens that we have. He'll show the way. And this morning, I know that, that, that maybe some have never experienced this kind of relationship before. I want to give you that opportunity. I want to just ask you, do you know Him? Have you ever given your life to the Lord Jesus? And as I share over the next several weeks, listen, but you will never experience real and true love until you experience the love of Jesus Christ. And if you have experienced this love, then your job is simple. 
It's to go and share. It's to go and share the word. Peter, Peter experienced Jesus' love firsthand. He wanted Peter to know that the relationship with him and that he truly loved him, it wouldn't be long down the road before Peter would be preaching in front of thousands and leading thousands to the name of Jesus. The relationship aspect is key because we've got to understand the need for a relationship with Jesus. Without the relationship, without knowing Him, we're doomed for a place called hell, and that's real. Hey, and, and I, can't, I can't sugarcoat that. We have a choice today, and we can't forget this conversation with God. Number two, we can also see that through Jesus' love, we have a response towards Him. We've got to have a response towards Him. Not only does Jesus want a relationship, but he's, he's wanting us to respond some way, somehow. Just a few weeks ago, uh, as, as we were uh, in the Christmas spirit and, and all, of, all of that stuff, and we, we went into the new year, some of you are brand new to the church. And have you ever asked the question, why did God place me here? Have you ever asked that question before? I was wondering that my first day in Grundy when we moved to Grundy, Virginia. Uh, if you don't know anything about Grundy, Grundy is like the armpit of, of Virginia. <laughs> like you can, There's only one way in and one way out. It, it's true. It, it, and even, even people in Grundy say that. Okay? So I'm not, I'm not spreading any gossip. That's what they say. And, and, and I remember getting to Grundy. Got this nice, beautiful church building. And I'm, I'm traveling to Rose, and I'm like, God, where have you sent me? Like, what ministry assignment have you put me on? What have I done uh, to do this? And as I got into the church, the love of the people, the love that they had for Jesus was so worth it. And then, and then God moves us here. Well, moved us to Spencer first. We started in Spencer. And, and I get to Spencer, and I'm like, God, where have you put me? <laughs> Like, like, what do you want me to do here? I was in this massive building by myself at first. And the first couple of times we met, there was like three people, three in my family and maybe three more. And I'm like, God, what have you done? Like, what have I done to deserve this? And he says, do you love me? Do you trust me? I've led you on this journey. You know you've been called to this, so why question me? You see, I'm, I'm just like Peter. I'm just like Thomas, okay? In the Bible, Thomas questioned everything that Jesus did. Peter, Peter did too, okay? I'm just like him. And I question every step and every move that I make. And this is what I do. And you may do the same thing. I make a move, I take a step, and then I question myself about that step for about three days. And after God gives me a calmness and he says, Thomas, you did the right thing, I calm down a little bit. Anybody else like that? You know, you, it's a hard decision sometimes. You make those hard decisions. Maybe it's a financial decision. Tiffany and I are making all kinds of financial decisions these days, um, trying to, uh, to, to better ourselves for the future and that kind of thing. And, and, and a lot of times you'll, you'll do something, and especially when it's money, y'all, like you move money around somewhere and then you're like, did I do the right thing? Or you give something to somebody and you're like, did I do the right thing? Or you preach a message like I do on Sunday morning, God, did I say the right thing? 
Or you lead a meeting, and you say, God, did I lead that the right way? And then sometimes, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm human, sometimes I get flustered and I get upset or aggravated, and I'll say something that really I didn't mean to say, and then I question myself for about a week. Anybody like that? Do, am I alone? Miss Gloria, right? Thank you, Gloria. I'm not alone today. Uh, you know, it's hard, okay? And, and it's not just in a pastor position. It's, any, it's anything. You question the decision you make with your kid. Like, my kid's three years old, but we'll take her toys away from her in a heartbeat if she needs it taken away from her for a little while. And then you question yourself, man, I'm a bad dad. Like, my, my little girl is wailing over there, and here I am like, man, she just wanted a popsicle. <laughs> like... We beat ourselves up over simple things, but how often do we beat ourselves up when we don't respond in the way God wants us to respond? How often do we beat ourselves up when we realize that we don't love Jesus as much as we tell everybody that we really do? Those are the things we should be beating ourselves up for. Those are the things that should cause us not to sleep at night. I tell you, if I, if I think any ounce of my body thinks that I left the door unlocked at the church or anything, I will not sleep at night until I come to the church at 2 a.m. to make sure I lock that door. Like, anybody else like that? I'm like that. That's what I worry myself to death over, simple stuff like that. Like, I woke up one morning a few, a few uh, weeks ago, and I, and I went to the door and put the deadbolt in because I forgot to put the deadbolt in the door when we went to bed. Like, those are the things that I wake up I'm like, oh, man, I didn't do this. I need to go do it. Like, my mind completely just races all the time. And Tiffany's over there knocked out. Like, that, that's, the, that's the quickest sleeper I've ever seen in my life. She can lay down and she's out in 30 seconds. I wish I had that luxury. But what I realize is we, we carry a lot of weight around us, but a lot of the weight that we carry around us sometimes isn't weight that needs to be carried around. Sometimes it isn't the weight that, that really we need to be worried about. And instead, I want to be worried about, did I say the right thing to that person? Did I turn them away from the gospel? Did I say too much? Was my response okay? Did I do the right thing? Did I miss an opportunity today? Because look, I'll beat myself up if I miss an opportunity to share Jesus, because that's just who I am. Uh, but our response matters. We've got to respond to Jesus. We've got to respond to the call. We've got to respond to direction and just sit back and let God work in you and through you. And the more that you do that, the more you see that there is a love that is worth fighting for and His name is Jesus Christ. You know, I, I think about it and, and so often... We have to get our relationship aspect right. We have to understand the need of the relationship with Jesus. We have to understand just how much Jesus does love. And Jesus' love is unending. It's sufficient. It's powerful. It's graceful. It's forgiving. It's forever. His love is enough for me. It is enough for you. And you see, we get to the point in life where we forget just how much He loves us and we begin to lose hope just a little bit. And But His love is more than it's ever needed. It's more than we could ever experience or imagine. And we've got to respond and realize when we make a mistake. We have to respond in a way that sometimes 
will bring us to our knees and, and tears being shed and changing lives. Sometime this past week, somebody came up to me and they asked me about the vision about Cross Life Church. I was at Coco Java, and that's where a lot of my conversations take place. I had two awesome days at Coco Java this week. It's the best $5.46 that I could ever spend. I've got it memorized. I give them the direct change, and they know exactly what I want when I come in now. It's, it's beautiful. Um, and, and, and if you have a restaurant like that in your life, you know what I'm talking about, where they just treat you as a king when you walk in there. And, and so uh, somebody asked me, what about the vision? What's the vision uh, for Crossside Church? And my response, without a flinch, okay, this, is, this should be you, as, as people uh, of Crosslight Church, okay, we should be able to respond without a flinch this morning and say that we give of our lives to serve Jesus. We grow through our worship. We grow through our study. We go and tell the world about Jesus. That is exactly what we are. And then I said this. I said, I want to see our church become a body of believers that has one vision in mind, and that's continuing to seek and find ways to impact people no matter the cost. And the person looked at me and said, is that really your church? And I said, absolutely. He said, man, I wish my church was like that. He's like, I can't even tell you what our mission is. I said, man, you go to your church this week. And said, he said, he's actually on the leadership. I said, you go to your church this week. You sit down with the leadership. He said, we got to have a purpose. Church, we got to have purpose. If we have no purpose, we can't go nowhere. It's like, it's like the, the training wheels for a bike. If a, if a, if, if a three-year-old gets on a bike with no training wheels, it's going to be bad. Okay, We might as well have 911 ready to call because it's going to be bad. But if we put the training wheels on first and we ease out of that, we get them ready for the big boy bike or the big girl bike. And they start riding. And then, and then we get them to the age where they realize if you put a little baseball card in there, it sounds like a motorcycle we've won. Okay. That was the best day of my life when I found out that I could put a card in my, in my wheel. And I went riding off in the sunset. You know, when we look at our relationship and we see that greater things will take place, as we've been talking about for the whole entire month, we'll understand the love that the church has and hopefully the love that you have and that you've experienced. Number three, our last one. Not only should we look at our response, we've also got to focus on our realization of Him. Our realization of Him. You know, we, we've got to realize who He is and what He can do within us. He is a miracle-working God and can do all things that we put our minds to if we just exercise enough faith. I believe that God has huge things in store for us individually, but I also believe that He's got huge things in store for His church. Let's realize who He is. He's God's Son. He was sent down to this world to live as a man, to come into the world as a baby, to live a normal life for about 33 years. And at 33 years old, he was going to go to the cross that he had been talking about for a number of years to die for you and to die for me. He died so others could experience this eternal life in heaven. Let's realize today that Jesus can do anything through us that we put our minds to. 
Hey, look, I, I'm one of those God dream guys. Like, I, I don't dream small. I just go ahead and dream big. And if, he, and if he settles with less for me, like in the middle of the road, then we still win. Like that's, that's how I look at it. We got to dream big. And we got to ask ourselves, do I love him enough where I believe when I say this prayer that he can do it? Because we've been reading a verse of Scripture in John 14 for the last four weeks that says that anything in my name that I ask, I will do it. He can do it. Okay? And if we, if we have a need that needs to be met, He can meet the need. If we have a problem, He can take care of the problem. If He needs us to sit back and reset, then we can take the reset. But right now, God is calling us to feed the sheep. During COVID right now, He's calling us to feed the sheep. And let's get serious about it and let's set our minds to it. Is Jesus' love worth fighting for? Is His love worth it? Is His love enough for you? And if so, then are we sharing His love with somebody today? Is there somebody in our life right now that I know I can call and say, let me just tell you, Jesus loves you. And that's all you've got to say. You don't have to go into a deep conversation with them. Just let them know Jesus loves them. Is His love enough for your neighbors your friends your family is his love enough for your spouse is his love enough for the church is his love enough for you and jesus calls us and he says give me your best shot he calls us to fight for his name and let's stand and have one voice let's stand and have one vision let's stand and have one call that jesus is enough it's enough the invitation today is going to be simple is His love worth fighting for? Have you ever given your life to Jesus? And if you've never given your life to Jesus before, let me just tell you, it's worth it. It is worth it. And we want to see that happen. I'll talk you through that process. We want to see your life change for the gospel today. Maybe for some time you have been asking yourself, should I become a member at Cross Life Church? We want to help you answer that. We want to give you all the information you need. I would love to talk to you about that decision. We don't have to have an official membership class. We can just meet, and we can talk. And we don't have, we don't have this thing where you've got to get voted in and all that stuff. We just say, amen, praise God, somebody's joined the church. Let's, let's worship. But if that's you, then praise God for that. Maybe today you have accepted the Lord, but it's time to take that step to be baptized. Will you come forward today? Because in just a few weeks, we're going to have our first baptism service here at the church. Praise God for that. And I'm excited about that. And we would love to fill it for you as well. Carolina, there's a slide. That next slide should have some music on it. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. We're not going to do a, a song today for our invitation. I just want you to reflect. And I want you to ask yourself, do I truly love Jesus? Do I truly love Him? And if I love Him, am I doing everything that I can to serve Him, to honor Him, and to show my love towards Him? Do I love Him? Peter's looking at Jesus as he's, he's teaching Peter at this time. He's trying to restore Peter. And he's asking him the same question. Do you love me? Do you love me? 
And Peter's like, yes, Lord, I, you know that I love you. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. And he's like, show me. If you really love me, take the step of faith and show me that you love me. Church, I'm asking you today, take the step of faith. Whatever it is in your life right now, take the step of faith and say, God, I want you to have control over my life. I want you to have control over my marriage. I want you to have control over my finances. And I just say today, Jesus, I love you. I love you. And if that's you today and you need to take that step for the very first time, then I encourage you to come. I'd love to talk to you. But maybe maybe today you've had a realization in your life that maybe I don't love him like I say I love him. Maybe I need to take a step of faith and just recommit. I need to recommit my heart. I need to recommit my life. And if that's you, I just ask you to pray where you're sitting at for God to renew you. Just as he renewed Peter on that day, he renewed Peter and Peter went. Let me tell you, when Peter went, he went. When he took that first step, he didn't stop. There was a day that he led 5,000 people to Christ. Well, that's a revival church. Like, that's the revival that I want to see. There's 144,000 people in Rowan County, North Carolina. There's 33,000 people as of 2018 in Salisbury, North Carolina. And let me tell you, 80%, around 80% of that number doesn't know Jesus Christ. There's people out there. Listen, 8 out of 10 people that you come in contact with on a daily basis that has a percentage of not knowing Jesus. You can find those statistics online. Let me tell you, this church right here, I believe we can do it. And I believe He's put the people in place to do it. Do you love Him? Take the step today. You say, God, I am yours. Whatever step that you want me to take, I will take. We've got to love on Jesus. To love Jesus, we have to love others. The beautifulest sound I heard this morning was a baby crying. Church, that's good. That's good. We don't want to stop hearing that. love those sounds in our church. Do you love Jesus? Does He love you? <laughs> and are you in a place right now where you can take a step of faith? Say, God, I'm yours. Let's pray. Lord, I, I pray right now God, for people, for families, and Lord, in this moment, if there's somebody in our midst that has never trusted in you, maybe it's because they've been scared, maybe it's because they've been turned away time after time after time, but Lord, today they've come to the realization that they need you in their life. Lord, would you call them out? Would you call them out at home if they're watching online today? Lord, would you call them out here in this sanctuary where they can get their life right before they leave this place? 
Lord, I believe you're going to change lives. I believe, God, that you are in the changing life business. And God, you're not done. You're going to continue to change those lives. God, use us. Lord, maybe there's somebody here that that needs a, a recommitment of their life and they need an understanding of who you are in their life. Lord, would you just give them that realization of who you are? Lord, maybe it's somebody that's saying, I'm so close to giving up. I'm so close to just giving up on, on the finances. I'm so close to be giving up on the family. I'm close, God, to giving up on the marriage. But this message today has told me to keep going. Lord, we want to help. So God, use us. Use us at Cross Life Church to be a station where people heal. God, use us as a station that will bring people to you. And God, the number one priority in our church is to love you and to love others. To see others' lives change for the gospel. God, we're pleading with you today to let that happen. God, I just thank you for my salvation. Thank you for the day that you saved me and I came to the realization that I needed you in my life to carry on. Your love's perfect. And your love is perfect for these people. God, I pray for each family that is represented in our church. Each family that is represented, God, I I pray you, you just send a blessing over their life. you let them hear your still small voice that says take the step take the step of faith we ask these things in Christ's name Amen told you it was going to be fun <laughs> thank you so much for your attention today and thank you for coming Like we're, it's, getting, it's getting normal again every Sunday morning if you'll look around uh, it's different from preaching to those seven people we had the first week when uh, we came back in, but um, praise God for that. Continue to invite. There's invite cards on that back table. Continue to invite people um, to be a part of our worship service. If you need anything this week, you know where I'm at. Um, and uh, don't forget about Thursday with the, uh, the food box. The offering plates are up here. We forgot to do an offering time, which it looks like some of you have already have taken that step anyway, so that's great. Um, but if you have an offering, you can bring that up. Um, I'm going to ask Eddie Key if you'll close us in prayer today. And then don't forget we have a business meeting right after church. Just a few minutes.